Veterans Day as we do every year. We take that moment to embrace the gentle heroes of Vietnam and of all our wars. We remember those who were called upon to give all a person can give. And we remember those who were prepared to make that sacrifice if it were demanded of them in the line of duty, though it never was. Most of all, we remember the devotion and gallantry with which all of them ennobled their nation as they became champions of a noble cause. Morning. Veterans Day is coming up Saturday. Well, thank you to all the veterans. I know we have many in here in the room and some watching, and I appreciate we appreciate all of you and the service all of you have given to the country. So thank you. We uh, have a lot of announcements and things happening this morning, so let me get right into it. So this is the first Sunday of November, and uh, we have birthdays that we celebrate. There is some spice cake left over there, maybe maybe a piece. I'm not sure. So anyway, thanks, Sherry. Is Sherry here? She's not here? No. So did you make the cake, Steve? No, she made it yesterday. <laughs> okay. Well, tell her thanks for making the cake. So we have, uh, here's the November birthdays. Chance's birthday is today. He's not here, I don't think. I didn't see him around. Um, Julie's birthday is coming up later this week. We have Stuart on the 11th. Sherry's birthday is this month. Trisha. Jeffrey and Jonathan's birthday is also in November. So happy birthday to all the November birthdays. Hopefully everybody got cake that wants cake. Looks like Jonathan got a piece. So, Right. We uh, also are going to have communion today. And uh, third Sunday is our, hol- is our fellowship meal, of course, but this is also going to be our holiday meal. So we're going to have all the holiday normal food, and I think there was a sign-up sheet. Is that still out there? Is there are there empty slots? Yes. Yes? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, if you haven't signed up, <laughs> some kind of pie, I heard that. <laughs> if you haven't signed up, go see what you can bring and uh, bring some food for the holiday meal and come join us. And uh, we're going to have our annual meeting after the holiday meal. This is our once-a-year meeting where we talk about things that have happened at GVC in the last year and look forward to the next year. So that happens after the holiday meal on third Sunday this month. And then Advent begins December 3rd, so next a month from today. All right. Uh, I'm going to read a verse. Or a few verses, and then today is also the International Day of Prayer for the Persecuted Christians. We'll have a little video on that, but first let me just read this verse to you. This is Paul from Ephesians. Though I am the least deserving of all God's people, he graciously gave me the privilege of telling the Gentiles about the endless treasures available to them in Christ. I was chosen to explain to everyone this mysterious plan that God, the creator of all things, has had kept secret from the beginning. 
God's purpose in all this was to use the church to display his wisdom in its rich variety to all the unseen rulers and authorities in the heavenly places. This was his eternal plan, which he carried out through Jesus Christ our Lord. Because of Christ and our faith in him, we can now come boldly and confidently into God's presence. So there's a lot in that, but this was on my mind because of verse 10, and this is important for Grace Bible Church. God's purpose in all this, his mysterious plan of the good news, of bringing in us as putting us in the family with his chosen people and bringing us into the his plan of, of everything was to use the church to display his wisdom in all of its rich variety to the unseen rulers and authorities. And that's where GBC is. Our elders met yesterday to get ready for that meeting later this month and to look over where we stand. And this was this is part of where GBC stands, and we'll talk more about this at the annual meeting. But um, we're here as a church to display his wisdom, God's wisdom, and all of its rich variety to all the unseen rulers and authorities in the heavenly places. And this was part of God's eternal plan. Isn't that amazing? God's eternal plan includes GBC here in Pryor right now with this handful of people that we have in this room and the people watching and the people praying for us. And uh, we're part of it. We're, we're this little outpost in this great cosmic plan. And uh, I think that's pretty awesome. So don't just think about that. And because of Christ and our faith in him, we can come boldly and confidently into God's presence. And that's part of what happens here on Sunday mornings. We come boldly and confidently into God's presence. We can do that anytime. But here when we gather together, um, God's here with us. And we know that he's watching and paying attention to what happens here. And so that's what we, we want to happen. So let's, let's start our service with prayer. We give you thanks, Lord, for your awesome, mysterious plan. From the beginning of time, you knew all the things that would happen with spiritual beings, with humans, from Adam and Eve down to each one of us and how we would or would not conform to what you have the best in mind. And you were able to take all that and work your will despite that. And you have a place for us in this cosmic plan of yours. Individually, as a church here at Grace Bible Church, and then as all the church throughout time and space. I just thank you for that. It's mind-blowing. We get to be a part of that. And I just thank you that we get to come boldly and confidently into your presence. Lord, I pray that that would never be something we take lightly. Father, uh, thank you for those who um, have served our country in a way that um, put their life on the line in their time. Um, we know that that goes beyond just serving their country, but they're uh, serving family, and oftentimes that's it's uh, keeping this country safe. And this is a has been a special place where you um, 
have been able to be worshipped freely, and we appreciate that. Father, also want to remember our uh, persecuted family around the world and pray for them because not everybody gets to worship freely. And come gather openly like we do and worship freely. And uh, this is something special, and we should appreciate it. And, Father, for their, for those Christians around the world who don't, who suffer in your name, um, I just pray that we we remember them, we pray for them and their families, and uh, that uh, we not forget them, and that we keep uh, keep them in our minds as we pray always. Father, I pray for the service here. I pray that you would be glorified by the things that happen here. Thank you for the um, time and effort that's been spent uh, getting the message prepared uh, that you have. Ask all these things in your son's name. Amen. I never chose to become a Buddhist monk. My parents chose it for me. They sent me far away to a monastery. And my father left me there. For the next nine years, I was trained to be a monk. Eight hours a day, seven days a week. All I did was memorize and recite. Memorize and recite. The words of the Buddhist text spoke of peace and tranquility. But my teachers lived something very different. I was 13 when I finally ran away from the monastery. You left the monastery, what? Shit! My father said I had shamed the family because I didn't finish my training. He enrolled me in first grade. He would begin my education all over again. Okay, so today we have a new student joining us. So everyone say hello to Sejun. You? 
One of my teachers talked to me with respect, showed me a kindness I never experienced in monastery. You can read this for me. Uh, the first John. Okay, great. God showed how much He loved us by sending His His one one the end on only. What is this? Huh? You're not supposed to read these types of books in the house.
There is something about that lamb. He is worthy. We are going to share this meal made possible by him so that we can uh, remember what he has done and connect with him in, uh, in ways that agree with his methods. He told his friends on the night he was arrested that this would be a way of remembering the work that he's done, his life, and he did that on our behalf, and this is our chance to remember him and in a small way join with all those others who have come uh, around the globe for thousands of years to worship the one who is worthy. There are those who are under attack, who are persecuted, who are suffering, who have a difficult time even getting together to do something like this. To share this meal in some locations would mean a loss of job, a loss of housing, beatings, maybe death. And we are freely allowed to join together and to share in this particular meal. This is from Hebrews chapter 13. And we're given some uh, background from the old system and then uh, referencing some things that happened in Jerusalem, but then ties it into Jesus, which is what the book of Hebrews does from the first to the end. So also Jesus suffered and died outside the city gates to make his people holy by means of his own blood. So let us go out to him outside the camp and bear the disgrace he bore. For this world is not our permanent home. We are looking forward to a home yet to come. We're not there yet. We're just passing through. The real home is waiting, and it does not end. This one, I don't know if you've noticed, but some of the homes you've lived in may already be burnt down, destroyed, fallen apart. Those things are done. Or you've moved on, and that's happened to people over the generations. It's... uh, a temporary stop, and we have an opportunity to prepare for the life that is to come and to appreciate the one that we have. It goes on in Hebrews 13. Therefore, let us offer through Jesus a continual sacrifice of praise to God, proclaiming our allegiance to his name. And that's what we're doing. We're going to say, we're going to follow you. We want to go with you where you're going. We want to listen to your instructions. We want to uh, live the life that you've made possible for us. So we come and take part in this meal. So if you would, peel the end off. That has a little cracker. Unleavened bread. On that night... When he was with his friends celebrating the Passover, they had unleavened bread, which he took. It was hard like these little crackers are, and he broke it, which is why when you're reading Scripture, he broke bread, and you're going, that's not the way my my wonder bread works. You don't break it unless you've left it out a while, then you can break it. But it doesn't break. This does. This is the 
he said, the body broken for you, take and eat. Lord, we do want to offer you praise. And we proclaim you worthy. And we want to follow you. To um, step away from the things that have been dragging us down. To let go of those things that have damaged us. To look forward to the things that are ahead realizing that this home is temporary. The one that's coming is permanent. So we want to do that, Lord, the way you would have us do it. And we thank you for it. Amen. On the other end, you will find fruit of the vine, representing the blood of Christ. We're told here in Hebrews that we have an altar from which the priests in the tabernacle have no right to eat. Under the old system, the high priest brought the blood of animals into the holy place as a sacrifice for sin, and the bodies of the animals were burned outside the camp. That leads into Jesus also suffered and died outside the city gates to make his people holy by means of his own blood. That blood that was shed, when you read the Old Testament, the Hebrew Scriptures, you'll see those that blood is shed or sprinkled on the altar. It's sprinkled in the Holy of Holies. The, the blood is there to purify. And you go, well, I don't know. When I get it on my T-shirt, it stains. It's a different kind of cleansing. And it's making us realize there's a price for rebellion, a price for doing things our own way, a price for our sin against the Lord. And this is uh, a reminder of the price he paid. The only one who could do it, the only human and God, man, who could enter into that place on the cross and make it possible for us to have a relationship with God and a permanent home. He's made it possible by his blood. Take and drink. Lord, thank you. Again, you have done amazing things. And we do not want to forget. Thank you for it all. We are indeed blessed. Amen.
for today. For this gift of breath and life. We give you thanks. For this church. This community. Gathered here to worship. We give you thanks. For your creation, the changing seasons, falling leaves, we give you thanks. For your mercy, for your forgiveness, for your love, we give you thanks. In our weakness, we thank you. For your power is made evident. In our failures, we thank you. For your grace is sufficient. Even in the trials, through the struggles and pain, as you form us into who you want us to be, turning our mess into your message. Today and every day, we give you thanks. We give you thanks, Lord. That's, that's where we're going to start this. This is a, a new series. This is the month of November. So we have Thanksgiving coming up. We missed the Canadian Thanksgiving last month, so we'll catch, you know, we'll just remember them. A. Anyway, so we're going to look at how, God, how we give thanks, how we can interact with God, how we can approach this um, in a way that changes us. And so it will take all month. And we don't begin Advent till December. So we have the whole month. It's normally the last month or last week, last Sunday of uh, November is the beginning of Advent. But not this year. So this is the first in this. So Gratitude Apprentice Guide Introduction. We'll start with this. This is the, uh, yeah, we'll at least begin the process of understanding what this does, how it works. Watch out for grumbling. Watch out for grumbling. Uh, this is from 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 10. Don't grumble as some of them did. And then were destroyed by the angel of death. That's another one I've never seen on a little placard or on a refrigerator, little sign. Some of these verses just don't make the cut. Anyway, he's addressing uh, the church in Corinth, and there's a mix, you know, of, of uh, Jewish believers and the uh, people who are from all the nations who are gathered there, they are being introduced to the history 
of God on earth. So Hebrew scriptures, and they're catching up on what all happened and what led to the Messiah. There's a lot of information that has to be uh, talked about. So those stories are important. And Paul is referring back, going back to those stories to because the history provides a lesson. And if we learn from it, we can avoid some issues, which is what he's pointing out here. The people of Israel are delivered by God from slavery. They are brought into uh, the, the possibility of walking into the land, flowing with milk and honey, and he's taken them away from the, the greatest force, military force on the planet at the time and delivered them through the Red Sea. They walked through on dry ground, and then he gets rid of the army by sending the water back on them. Now they're delivered. He does miracle after miracle, feeds them, takes care of them, and they walk up to the edge of the land and say, yeah, let's go in there. And uh, they go, nope, don't want to do it. We think there's giants, and so we, we don't want any part of that. And he says, fine, you can wander around and die, which is what happened. All that's that's... The bigger picture. In between, he's provided for them. He's showing, he's speaking to them. God, and people, if I could only hear God speak. They heard him speak and they said, stop it. Just stop it. We do not want to hear his voice. Moses, you go talk to him. You tell us what he said. So, you know, if you ever have that temptation to say, I just want to hear his voice. Really? Because when they heard it, it scared them in such a manner that they wanted no more. And yet, and yet, they came up with another system. They decided, well, we just don't like what God's doing. We don't like being out in the desert. We like being back there where we could eat some onions and have some burgers, and Egypt was great. And you're going, really? You think that through. They're ready to go back to that land, worshiping other gods. As other gods are going on all around them, they are in slavery and they're going, that would be better than walking with God in freedom in the desert where it's hot. They grumbled. As a result of that, uh, God opens up the earth and swallows some of them. Now, that's, that's a little intense. Yeah. Later, they start complaining, and they, have, they don't like the food. They don't like... They're just throwing a fit, and... They, you know, let's go back to Egypt. Who is this God? And who are you, Moses? You brought us out here in this mess. And so the Lord said, okay, how about, how about this? And some snakes among them, a lot of snakes. And they started biting people, and they are dying apparently horrific deaths because the pain is so... They called them fiery serpents because the the, the pain that these people suffered before they died. And then he came up with a solution to that by saying we put a, a brass serpent on a pole and if the people look at it and then they'll be healed and so that all happened that's numbers 21 there they grumbled they didn't like what god was doing they didn't like the direction he was going they didn't like that they had to go through some tough stuff like walk through a desert in order to get to something better like a land flowing with milk and honey he said you know, yeah, there are giants in the land. What's that to me? But to them, they only looked at the giants. They didn't look at him. 
And they grumbled. And they died in the desert. So Paul is pointing out to these new believers in Corinth, don't grumble, as some of them did. And then we're destroyed by the angel of death, who also comes along in some of these stories and, and just takes people out. And we think grumbling is just an indoor sport that's allowable, that is encouraged. You are more likely, as human beings, to gather with somebody who's grumbling, complaining, moaning about somebody else, the government, some system, place you work, the way things are, the way they aren't like they used to be, all of that. More likely to do that than to gather with someone and offer praise to the living God who has delivered you from evil and brought you into his kingdom of light. True? Complaining is huge. We are warned, don't grumble as some of them did, and then we're destroyed by the angel of death. You're not dead yet, so apparently you haven't crossed that line. Consider what happens to the brain when people enter into that sort of thinking, to the physical brain. You have an opportunity in your body to determine which direction your brain goes. Because your mind, your spirit, soul aspect of this actually has ruling power in you. And the neuroscience is your input is going to make a difference in the physical makeup of your brain. If you've ever touched alcohol, or actually drink it, then you know something happens to your brain. Something you're Something happens within your body. Something happens and uh, you feel differently. You see different. You drink a lot of it. Definitely different. Meds will do that. Drugs will do that. Oh, you can add any of those things. So those are elements outside of your normal um, food intake. You can have circumstances. If you are in a, a concentration camp, you're influenced by some dark things around you. And so you're feeling that, and it's going to affect your brain. Your brain's going to enter into a protective mode. There's certain things that are going to fire. Uh, other things are going to happen. Here's your brain will take on, you do the meds long enough, they, there's parts of your brain that will begin to die. They harden, they callous. The brain is really, neuroplasticity is awesome, and it has ways to regenerate and make new pathways and move around. When you're learning things, it's, it's new experiences. Your brain is trying to adapt and, and reroute and do all kinds of cool stuff. And at a point, it stops, and we know people that have that, been on that end of it. I mean, eventually all of us will be on that end of it. But when we're, when we're here and we're supposed to be living, we're supposed to be using this brain for uh, some good things. So what effect does grumbling have? We are grumbling because we want something. We want it to be 
our way. We don't want it to be whatever way it happens to be. We don't want to hear from somebody. We don't want to... So all kinds of things that are possibilities. The negativity that's involved in that begins to shut down that side of the brain where it begins to darken the, the um, flow of blood changes, the, the ability to learn or want to do anything. It just gets foggy, don't want to move. At a point you can't move, it becomes physical. It, that negativity, because the brain is connected to the rest of the body, is telling the body to fire up, adrenal glands, sitting on top of your kidneys, that's firing up, pituitary glands are doing some other thing, the, the thyroid's acting up, your kidneys begin to mess up in different ways, your colon takes a hit, and all kinds of things are going to happen there. And yet, if it comes down to being grateful or complaining, which way wins? Every day. Which way wins? Feeding our brain good stuff changes it, heals it, moves it in a totally different direction, which then affects the body, which then can be more uh, effective and healthy and function properly. And what God has given us is an opportunity to live life on this planet in the best way possible. He said, you know what? I'm going to give you life. Life abundant. For the negative person, that, that means to them, it fits all of my expectations. It will be exactly how I want it to be. And those people will listen to me because I'm in control here. So with all 8 billion people on the planet and all of them are in control, how's that going to go? Because you just got people in your house. How's that going? He's got something else in mind. Like, trust me, I am the Most High sitting on a throne who loves you so much I sent my son, and I have a plan for you that will be so remarkable, so fitting, so helpful that you can't imagine it in all your dreams, in all your expectations, and trying to make everybody do what you want them to do. So, how do we get there? It starts with some gratitude. I don't know if you've done something for someone else and you didn't get any gratitude. No thanks, not not even a nod, nothing. Wasn't that great? You just want to keep doing that. God doesn't either. He's looking for people who actually appreciate him who actually appreciate the breath they just took, the sunshine in the morning. He's looking to people who are pleased that they have a body that works, that they have food to eat, that they have peace around them and the war is not waging on every block. Someone who is grateful that they got up another day and that God is with them. Instead of, I want it to be something else, and those people need to straighten up. Huh. No. He's invited us into a relationship with him 
And in that relationship, he is looking for people who are loyal, who are loving, who will acknowledge that he has made these things possible, and they give thanks. That will free our brains up to function better, to think better, to interact with other people better, to see this world with brighter colors than we do. There is a change that's possible by changing the brain. And thanksgiving, gratitude helps us in that process. And God has made it available to us. In fact, in his case, he demands it and he deserves it. He's made that something that we can do that will be for our benefit. Julia Ayer, as you remember her, she, the artist who, who uh, was here, she's passed now, but she was part of our church. And she was, um, she's really, I mean, she's written books. She's done show, the art shows. Her stuff hangs in hotel hotels all over the country. So some of those uh, contemporary painting things that you see are prints of her stuff. Anyway, she she came in and she was complaining. But she was complaining not about God things. There's a proper way for complaining by the way. We'll we'll get to that. Don't don't write that down in big letters cuz that I got hope, I got a chance. No, don't do that. She comes in and she's she's like you know, these days are just horrible. The the colors people use and and the way that they're painting these things, I just don't understand what has happened to them. And she she went on for a while with this rant. And then she went on about her day because she's actually a very positive person. And later she goes and has her eyes fixed, new lenses put in. And she came back and she goes, oops. Oh, by the way, those colors are back. <laughs> it was all me. I didn't. <laughs> got, got her lenses, new lenses, and she could see. So what is it in us that leaves us on that side where it's gray tones and muted colors and, boy, is this, you know, everything tastes sour. And and I think I'll just look around like, you know, I was baptized in, in a, with a dill pickle or something. I I need a, a new way of looking at all of that. So that's what we want to talk about. How do we How do we get there? We're going to contrast the the grumbling side the dangerous side the fact that it's pretty serious when god sends the angel of death among his own family don't you think and if you think it doesn't happen today it still does that first corinthians 11 says that there are many among you who who just have been sick or died because they don't enter into this relationship with God seriously. And so you just go, whoa, okay. Oh, we can't understand what that, why that disease came. Well, how's their walk with the Lord? I don't know, they don't even acknowledge the Lord. Well, then, there may be something connected that's spiritual, not just a physical reality. We are most blessed in it. The ability of coming to the Lord himself and giving him a sacrifice of praise, of giving him thanks 
to thank him for the life that we have, for the things that we enjoy, and not focusing on the things we don't like, don't have, person that aggravates us. We move in a new direction. Our brains get better. Our lives get better. Our health is better. And God is honored. So, how to start being a gratitude guru. This is like changing the fruit. In Matthew, Jesus talks about trees, and he says, you know, you can't get good fruit off a bad tree. So, how do we change? How do we put the roots in the right place? How do we do the right thing to get the results that we want? How do we get that kind of fruit? We need to move in another direction. So that's what we're going to talk about. Reduce and, and, and eliminate ego. And that's that, that part. This isn't becoming a doormat. And, and far too many Christian messages would probably come out that way, but that's not what we're talking about. Uh, reduce and eliminate ego is to take a real good look at, at our expectations and demands that we want God to fix things, and we have the plan, we have the rules, we want him to be our genie. We want him to be our slave. We want him to do these things and to make it so perfect for us in what we think is perfect that uh, we're angry if he doesn't. So we grumble, we complain, we whine. We find reasons not to listen to him, to just ignore the scriptures or whatever truth he may have given. But we want to move in another way, not the doormat direction, but being self-aware, understanding who we are before God, knowing that we are beloved, that we are family members in the family of God, that this is a wonderful position to have, that we have value, we are made in God's image, we are not just to be used or abused, we are here confident in what God has accomplished, we trust him, we look to him to, to do his thing in us and with us and through us, we are self-disciplined, it is a different way of, of approaching that, but it is without ego. And if you've seen somebody who is highly skilled, highly adept at their job or interacting with other pe- people. Their interpersonal relationships are very good. But they don't have to take over the room. They do take over the room because of their glow. But they don't have to come in demanding you listen to their story. And it has to be their way. They just walk in and present a, a confidence that actually is their to uphold others they can speak and encourage and build up others it's not all about give me i need attention and and i can't believe i went to that family reunion and it wasn't all about me what's wrong with those people it's not supposed to be our call is to go there and build people up isn't it so if it becomes all about us whose ego well, I'm not going to another one of those because, you know, another dinner with those people at the business or those people at church. I've had it with that. Really? There's a whole lot of ego in that. The very thing that God says, we need to put that to death. You are to take up the cross and follow me. Put it to death. Kill it. Get away from it. 
eliminate ego. Live in this new, new life. Put on the new you that is made available through him. Decide to honor the Lord with thankfulness. Not demanding, not putting him down, not pushing, shoving. I'm so angry you didn't do this or you didn't do it 10 years ago or you, all the stuff that we come up with. And he's going, you know, I've been calling you since before you were born. And I've been working on your family since way before they were born. And I've been working on this world since before I made it. Where have you been? And how much good have you done for anyone? Just asking for a friend. Yeah. Decide to honor the Lord with thankfulness and the things that he has done in our lives. Just having a relationship with him. We watched that video in the persecuted church earlier. And, man, here's a kid who is thrilled to have a relationship with the living God. Thrilled. He's, he's been beaten in another religion and the system. And he's come out of that and he's going, I want the light. I want the light. We get the light and we go, I don't know. I don't know. It's not quite what I want. It's not doing what I want it to do. I need more, I need more me. Actually came to mind was more cowbell, but I, I don't want to go there. I just need more me. And you go, oh, gosh, that is cowbell. Just no. Decide to honor the Lord with thankfulness. Set goals and create a plan. Which means taking this serious, that, that this, to not be thankful, to not practice that gratitude is deadly. I gave you the verse, and that's only one. It's deadly. We can change our brains with gratitude and then move in another direction in our lives and our relationships and our, and, and our purposes and how we function in this world. And just like Julia, all of a sudden we'll see color and it'll be beautiful and it's worthwhile. So we're getting to move. We have an opportunity to move in that direction. So reduce and eliminate ego. Let it go. Let it go. First Peter chapter 5, verses 6 and 7. So humble yourselves under the mighty power of God. And at the right time, he will lift you up in honor. Give all your worries and cares to God, for he cares about you. So for those who are looking, you know, who are addicted to accolades and need to have that reassurance in every meeting with people or whatever activity you do, and you've got to have them come, come look, come see, come see what I'm doing, see how great it is. Look, uh, the world would not spin if it weren't for me and, you know, just all those kind of things. And he said, you don't have to do that. Just humble yourselves, which is eliminating ego. And it makes sense that you humble yourselves under the mighty power of God. He is the most high. He created everything. There is no one higher. To do that is absolutely right. And at the right time, see the timing thing really is a bummer. He will lift you up in honor. You go, but I want to be lifted up in honor all the time. I want trophies. I want lots of people saying how wonderful I am. I just love it. 
He says, no, that's not good for you. I love you too much to give you that. At the right time, when you have humbled yourself, when your ego has been reined in, when you are walking with me in the way I've called you, I will honor you. I will lift you up. But you try to make it happen. Remember that angel of death? You might have a visitor. He has something more. He wants you to enjoy the best. So give all your worries and cares to God because he cares for you. And you know how quickly everyone does that. Got worries? Yep, I can put them off for a little while. While I listen to my music really high or or maybe watch a movie or have a conversation with somebody or drink heavily enough or take drugs enough from some way of numbing everything, I won't worry for that period of time as soon as that wears off or that song ends or what I'm back worried anxious I need to control I need to make see, see the ego problem here just all about me running everything and putting God whatever God is doing in God's plan that I don't even know what that is that really doesn't have anything to do with me because that's that's way over there if it exists at all because you know really God matters to me if he does what I want him to do. And I have worries and he's not taking care of my stuff. But of course, in the midst of all of this, there's the, I thank God that he's there and he hears my prayer and I'm walking with him and now I can put this worry, this pressure, this whatever it is on him. I just share it with him. And he takes it. And he'll give direction. He can work a miracle in me. can change my thinking. He can heal my brain. He can help me see the colors. He can do all kinds of things. Give all your worries and cares to God because he cares for you. That, does that mean just be flatlined and you don't really have any thoughts on anything? That's, you know, again, don't, don't go there. Of course not. He wants you to be thinking. He wants you to be feeling. He wants you to be part of all of this. He knows you're going to have worries and anxieties. He just wants to see, are you going to hand them to me? Or are you going to show me how clever you are by holding on to them yourself? And just see how quick he doesn't even have to send the angel of death and things will fall apart. And you will feel the death inside yourself and your brain will begin to die. You've experienced it, so here you go. Honor the Lord with thankfulness. He, uh, this is from Matthew eleven twenty five. At that time, Jesus prayed this prayer. Oh, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, thank you for hiding these things from those who think themselves wise and clever and for revealing them to the childlike. Yes, Father, it pleased you to do it this way. Honor the Lord with thankfulness. That's a weird verse. Uh, That's Jesus talking to the Father, so that really doesn't have anything to do with me. Yes, it does. Okay, Look at how he addresses this and what he is concerned about. Lord of heaven and earth, he puts it in that framework because he wants us to know that's who the Father is. Heaven and earth. Not just right here, not just my thing that's unfolding, but his thing. His thing, yeah. Thank you for hiding these things from those who think themselves wise and clever. What? What? 
spiritual truth. There's theology. There's reality. And, and Jesus is sharing things. He's making teachings known that are so far over the heads of the PhDs of his day that he is speaking into the lives of people that the Spirit of God has touched. And then they get it. They can read those same words. They know Hebrew or Greek. They can hear those words and come up with a totally wrong response. Only those that God is working and who are humbled before him are going to understand it. And Jesus is giving him thanks that he is accomplishing his purpose because he is the God of heaven and earth. So I want you to think outside of the narrow shoebox of life that exists around your prayers that come with, here are the people in my circle, my family, my friends, my group, whatever group that is, and think it's not just about here, not just about November 2023, but it's about God accomplishing his purposes beyond time. Heaven and earth, heaven and earth, heaven and earth. Everyone will spend most of their lives there in eternity, not here in this short little time that we've made a little shoebox and we go, God, you just need to rearrange my doodads in here. And he's saying, you've got to get outside of that, way outside of that. Do you see what I'm doing in the lives of people? Can you give me thanks for the work I'm doing when things break out in another country? Can you give me thanks for winning people in Iran to myself? When missionaries have been locked out, when people have been persecuted, for centuries they have been taught a whole different way of thinking. Jesus' name is only mentioned when they spit. So, since 1979, and the wars broke out, Afghanistan has gone from two missionaries and very, very few handful of Christians to people coming to the Lord in such numbers that the Taliban are trying to track them down right now. The people in Iran have the fastest growing church in the Middle East. How did that happen? God's at work. Should you give thanks about that? Or do you go back to the shoebox and go, well, Lord, you didn't, you know, rearrange. He's doing something. Well, you know, Christianity looks like it's flawed. Just read the articles. You know, those articles are written by the flawed people who hate Christ. Do you know what antichrists are? There's not just one big one coming at the end. So write that on your notes. There is not just one big one coming at the end. First John deals with it over and over again. There are antichrists. There are people. There are angelic, de- well, they're not demonic beings who are opposed to what Christ is doing, and they are working hard to make sure people miss this. We give thanks to him. We ruin their day. We honor him. We put them on notice. We walk with him, and they go, oh, no. Our time's coming. But we love complaining. We like being negative far too much. I think it's time to stop. And we turn that around. 
get our brain straightened out. We get to see more. We have thankfulness. We see it from his perspective, the God of heaven and earth, and go, what are you doing on this planet that is changing things for good, big good, not just my shoebox good, big good. How are you accomplishing that? I'm going to give you thanks for that. Father, Lord of heaven and earth, thank you for hiding these things from those who think themselves wise and clever. They're all over the place. Look at the things that are happening on college campuses right now. Who are they choosing to support? Who are they protesting? Where did that come from? You want to see something good? You want to see it change? You want to see it in your life? Attitude of gratitude, giving thanks to God for what he's doing because he is the one. And all those who think they're wise and clever, they're missing it. He goes on to say, thank you for revealing them all of these wonderful things to those who are childlike. Now, it doesn't mean that they're mentally deficient or something or just ignorant. He's talking about humble. He's just talking about they don't have that ego standing in the way. They're not, they don't have an extra agenda. They just love him. They just want to do what he says. They just want to come close. They just want to... Cass is helping out with um, uh, Caitlin. She had a surgery in this past week, so she took off. She's over there because, you know, there's baby twins and then a two-year-old, so that's really calm at the house. And she is... She said uh, when Seth was... Uh, coming in and he would he would get there and uh, climb into bed with Caitlin and just sit there and hold her hand so she had him at the park yesterday she got to take Seth out so she's taken off some this week from teaching to do this so she she said yesterday she took him to the park and they had a great time as soon as they get back he climbs into bed with Caitlin holds her hand until he goes to bed let me do this again Thank you for hiding these things from those who think themselves wise and clever, you know, us. And for revealing them to the childlike. Who's that? They climb in bed. They hold your hand. They just want to be close. They want to listen. They want to love. They want to love on you. They want to be loved. How about that one? How about we do that? Yes, Father, it pleased you to do it this way. Hmm. Yeah. Please the Father to do it that way. He's got so much he wants to bring into our lives. If we stubbornly hold on to all the complaining, we will never know it. We can't experience it. Our bodies can't handle it. Our brains can't absorb it. But when we humble ourselves, we come near to him, things change. When we see things from his perspective, what he's doing, the heavens and the earth, great things can change. So make a plan. Make a plan. Set a goal for your thankfulness transformation. Set a goal for your thankfulness transformation. And that, you know, just wherever you are on this, and maybe you're a very thankful person, so, you know, you don't have much to do. You just want to add some items maybe from the heavenly side or something. But set a goal for your thankfulness transformation. Then, number two, set dates, steps, whatever, uh, as a means of accountability. That way you can get it done. But if, if you don't put it on a calendar, put it on a schedule or something, you'll just go, well, that was nice. That was Sunday. When was that? In November? This is what? 2025? I think we talked about that once. 
you got to put it on the calendar and come up with a plan and say, yeah, I want to, I want to take steps to see how that, that works. I got to replace some things in my life. That's number three, replace rotten thinking with thankfulness, scripture and gratitude in thought, words and action. It changes it. Look for ways to be uh, thankful, thankful to God and, you know, just giving thanks to the people around you, people who do something uh, for you. It is, uh, it's meaningful. Those who have worked food service and, and dropped a plate or two on the table and you know it's great when people say thanks, you know, they don't have to. But just being acknowledged and not just ignored or overlooked or you're just a ghost who suddenly, you know, coffee just appears. Just hear, hearing thanks from people you work with or people in the family or, you know, just or just that you're a human being who spent time talking with them. It's kind of nice to, you don't always have to say thanks, but it's, you can sense gratitude when you get to hang with someone. Replace rotten thinking with thankfulness, uh, scripture. Gratitude in thought, words, and action. So it moves it into a whole new realm. All right. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, that you have given us new direction, that you've given us hope, that you have provided uh, life. You have worked things in this planet or on this planet so that we survive. There's the right amount of oxygen and nitrogen and enough sunshine, not too much, not too much heat, not too much cold, enough that we can live. And we thank you for all that. That's the physical world. Thank you for the spiritual world, for the spirit within us, which continues. It doesn't go away. Thank you that our minds, Lord, go with us. And all the things that you're teaching us now are part of us and will be the foundation for what lies in the future because this world is not our home. Thank you for the things that you were working in us individually, in our families, as uh, a congregation. Thank you for the things that you are planning for us in that future, that bright, beautiful future that's out there in eternity. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.
Now may the God of peace who brought up from the dead our Lord Jesus, the great shepherd of the sheep, and ratified an eternal covenant with his blood, may he equip you with all you need for doing his will. May he produce in you, through the power of Jesus Christ, every good thing that is pleasing to him. All glory to him forever and ever. Amen.